Pot of gold. I could really use a change of scenery. Yeah. Everybody's smoking all the greenery. Yeah. Close the match because they were handed down to me. But I'm still fly. I'm still fly. I know. I'm still fly. I'm still fly. Let's go. It could all be worse. I could be a hater like you. It could Poison's gonna chew you From the inside out So right now Say it with your chest now Say it with your chest I'm now young, I'm free Can't nobody take me Welcome to another episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, February 9th, 2021, and I'm here in the crab shed for another beautiful day. <clears throat> the sun's shining today. It's a nice one. I'm really happy to be alive. It's a good day. I have been spending the whole day so far working on the podcast which is something I don't normally get to do. I normally have to go to my real job, which is also uh, something I enjoy, but this is really what I'm passionate about right now. It's it's just a lot more fun. And yeah, I've got to do it all day today, so it's it's been a good day. I'm in a good mood. I spent most of the day editing my podcast with Hannah Bolden, who's a teacher at Ocean Beach School District. I had a blast doing that interview. It was a lot of fun, and but afterwards, I kind of felt like Oh, man, I don't know if we really got it, you know? I just felt I was tired, and I really felt like maybe we just didn't quite hit it. But I was wrong. Going back through it, I laughed my ass off. It was so funny. She is so funny. And we've just known each other for a long time, so we had a good rapport. And it was a really fun episode. I, I totally misjudged it, and it, it came out great. I'm excited for y'all to hear it. Thank you to everybody who has been reaching out and tell me you like the show. You guys have no idea how much that means to me. It it makes all of this time I'm spending out here in the freezing cold crab shed so worth it. It really, really brightens my day. It not only brightens my day, but it makes me feel like I can keep doing this. Because it's really easy to get caught up in the idea that nobody's listening, so it's really a waste of my time. But if people are listening and people are liking it, I can keep doing it. And it feels really good. I like, I like the idea that people are actually appreciating my work. Because it is a lot of work. Even though it's a lot of fun. You know, it's both. But I, I notice and I appreciate it. And I, if I haven't reached out to you personally and thanked you for your support, I, I want to do that now. And if I haven't already, it's an oversight. Because I'm trying really hard to connect with every person who says something. If you shout me out online, I'm, I, I want to talk to you and say thank you. There's no reason I can't do that at this point to every single person because there's not that many of you. So thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. I've been feeling the love. So let's just start with a little housekeeping. Uh, speaking of housekeeping, me personally, my house is destroyed. I have been doing a kitchen remodel. Well, it started as a kitchen remodel. And it, it became a kitchen slash living room slash dining room slash pantry uh, slash hallway remodel. Because every time we took a wall down, you know how it goes. You find something else wrong and got to fix that too. So we're in it. The pretty much entire downstairs of my house has been stripped of walls, floors, everything. Down to the studs. We even replaced electrical boxes. Um, luckily I've got an electrician friend who can help me with that stuff. And I've got two really great, um, two really great friends helping me with all of the work. 
and I could not have done it without them. There's no no chance. We're still far from done, but I have been really appreciating having these guys around. So thank you. One of you probably is not listening. Uh, the other one certainly is not. But anyway, I'm grateful. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, I'm at Ramble by the River, and on Twitter, I am at Ramble River Pod. On Facebook, just search for Ramble by the River or search for Jeff Nesbitt, and you should be able to find me that way. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying to keep up on all three of those platforms, but I'll be honest, it's tough. I have struggled to keep producing content on those things because I'm trying to produce a podcast. I don't have time to do selfies and, you know, take pictures where, you know, I have a panda nose or flowers in my hair or whatever shit you guys are doing these days. I don't know, but... I think those things are cool, and I'm I'm more power to you. I just don't have the time. I it's it's every takes everything I've got just to make this. I really don't. I just don't want to do the social media thing. It's hard, but I know that's the way business is done these days. So I will continue to improve. Thank you for you know what interaction we've had. I appreciate it. As much as it sucks and it feels kind of millennialish to say. I think that's how we have to do it now. You have to kind of pander and ask for likes and shares and, you know, reviews and all that. It's important because that's the world we're living in as much as I hate it. I don't know if I even hate it. Hate's a strong word. As much as I wish it wasn't, you know, a mandatory part of business. Because I, I do want this to be a business. This, I want to be able to put all my energy into it. And I'm not there yet. I'm still an amateur, uh, so I'm, you know, taking my time. And it's been a really fun learning process. So for a little health and fitness update, because I touched on that in the last solo pod and probably the one before that, but I'm trying to get my health on track, you know, and I, I hope you guys are all doing the same. It's a never-ending battle, as you know, because you got a body too. But it never gets easy. It never completely just becomes routine for me it's it's always hard it's always something I gotta push into even when I'm really really into something like I'm training for a race or I'm you know trying to get put on some muscle so I'm in a training plan it's still hard it still takes motivation to get out there and get in it you remember a lot faster that you love it once you're in shape like you get out there and you're lifting weights and within a couple of minutes you're like oh yeah I love this I don't I know why I was dreading it uh but you know, I'll, I'll get there anyway. I'll get there. Um, I've been using... I gotta stop saying, um. I can just let there be a pause. So I have been trying to use the Peloton a little more. That's that really expensive bike that... Um, I don't know why I said that really expensive bike. Uh, that I didn't mean to even say that. That is That sounded like a complaint about the price of the bike or a brag of some kind but it's actually neither it's just what pops into my head when I think about that bike it's a very expensive bike beautiful piece of equipment um I can tell that they wanted to, like Peloton wanted to make a luxury product and they did a good job that thing is is really gorgeous to look at and comfortable to ride there's no wiggle to any of the moving parts there's no slop at all in the bike like, it's just tight. It's real tight. It's going to make my body real tight. I, at least that's what it's supposed to do. And, yeah, it's just well-engineered, cra well-crafted machine. And I, so I've been getting on that a little bit. Not a lot. My wife uses it every day. And that's why she's getting in good shape. And um, I'm using it every once in a while. And so I'm staying about the same. But I, I actually, I've only used it three times. But I'm remodeling my house at the same time. So I'm getting plenty of exercise. In fact, we tore out our kitchen. So right now we don't have anywhere to cook. And so we're having to eat out a lot. Our, our in-laws, my, my in-laws, my wife's parents, happen to live right down the road, luckily. And they have been kind enough to host us. So we've got a place to go eat and sleep. And, you know, it's great. They're really awesome people. You know, shout out my in-laws. Love you guys. I'm realizing that I really miss my family. They can't be here while I'm remodeling because it's dangerous. There's lots of dust in the air and, you know, 
particles flying about, just things that you don't want in the lungs of any little small children. And, or really, you know, nails on the ground. There's lots of hazards. So they're not here um, almost at all. And it sucks. I miss them. I, I really miss them. And when I do see them, I'm exhausted and they're tired. It's just like the end of the day. It's hard. I'm having a, I'm having a hard time with that part of it. And, you know, I miss the kids and I miss Melissa. But, you know, that's the game. We're just trying to get this figured out. We're in the middle of some really big projects. And so I, I understand that that was going to be part of it. And it's okay. It will pass. I, I really have a hard time missing anything. I treasure these years because I know how short they are with the kids. It'll just go by so fast. When I first came into Sawyer and Elsa's life, Sawyer was seven and Elsa was five. They were very little, um, but they already seemed so big to me because I, I didn't know them as babies, which sucks. I really wish I would have. I bet they were so adorable. I mean, I shouldn't say it sucks. I, I love our story and it, I... We came into each other's lives at the perfect time. They really needed me, and I really needed them. So it was perfect and exactly how it was supposed to be. But, um, yeah, it would have been interesting to know what they were like as little kids. Little, little kids. And I almost feel like I do because I, you know, I get to hear the stories and see the videos and stuff. But, yeah, that's just part of this, the step-parent thing. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of you listening right now who understand that. Because it's such a common story these days. A lot of broken marriages that are rebuilt in, you know, in different ways. It's a beautiful thing, really, that we can do that. Salvage broken families and make them whole again. So for, uh, I'm back to the health and fitness update. Sorry, I got distracted talking about my kids. Health and fitness. So I have been working out a lot but not through traditional exercise means. Like uh, I'm doing a Peloton a little bit, but the mostly it's just been moving lumber and pounding nails and pulling down walls and sweeping and lifting and all that stuff that you do during a remodel. That's been my main workout. Uh, and I'm exhausted from it. It's really hard. And uh, my calories have been down because there's not a lot to eat with the, the kitchen torn out. So, and I don't, I don't want to waste all my money on eating out. So I'm just, you know, eating less. <clears throat> my sleep has not improved. I tried to set a sleep alarm in my phone that would tell me when to go to bed and tell me when I could get up. And it just didn't really work. The sleep alarm to go to bed, it was just a bit naggy. Pretty much on any day of the week, if I'm awake at 930 I'm probably with my wife hanging out, and that's the only time that we've had all day to do so. So I don't want to just go to bed, and I know it's not good for my health, and I know that I, I will suffer from it, but most of the time, I really don't care. I would rather just get that little bit of time with her, because really, you don't have that much. This is a period where we have less time together than usual because of the remodel, but I still want to get some. I just need, I need it. She's, she's kind of my anchor point. And I'll start to go crazy if we don't get to just kind of sit there and hang out and decompress. We don't even always have to talk. I just like to be in her presence, letting each other just kind of absorb each other's presence. It feels good. So I haven't been getting a lot of sleep. I mean, I haven't been getting that much. Bed at 11, up at 4. Um, but I heard this thing on... Um, I believe it was Huberman Lab podcast uh, about sleep and the most consistent, I mean, the most important part of your sleep is consistency more so than quantity, which is interesting. So like if you get a consistent five hours a night and you go to bed generally at the same time, wake up generally at the same time every day, that's going to be better on your systems than if you're sporadically getting eight hours here, eight hours there, four hours there, you know. The consistency is important because it's uh, your systems, your circadian rhythms are dependent on consistency. So I don't know. Maybe it's okay. Maybe I am one of those genetic freaks who just needs less sleep. Those people exist. There's a lot of studies about them. I've read, you know, but I don't feel like that because when I actually am able to get eight hours, I feel fantastic. And I, I feel like a, a whole different person. 
and it's it shocks me sometimes because I it'll catch me off guard, and I'll just suddenly be like, why am I feeling so good? They're like my brain is just clicking today. Everything seems so easy. I'm not stressed. Things don't aren't bugging me as bad, and everything seems so manageable. That's the thing about sleep is everything seems so manageable, and then I'll realize, oh yeah, you got eight hours of sleep last night. You're fully charged. You're you're like a your battery is all the way filled. And it makes a big difference in how everything runs. So, I don't know. I would like to get more. We'll see how it goes. So, <clears throat> what's going on in the world right now, huh? Seems like things are going nuts. We got a new president. He seems alright. He seems like a good, you know, good enough guy. I don't know all that much about him really yet. I mean, does anybody? He's a politician. Everything we know about him is controlled. It's probably very specifically curated so that we have a specific image of him in our minds. Just like the last president. What? What does he mean by that? I mean, yeah, Donald Trump had a lot of faults, but most of what you all hate about him was just because the the media told you that specific thing. They gave you something to hate. You could they could have picked other things and then you'd be all fired up about those things. Like my point is just that the the news media has a lot of power over your perception and over your idea of what is true. Depending on what sources you're watching, you're going to have a different idea of what's going on. And I this is a pretty common narrative these days, people telling you this like oh, you're being brainwashed by the news media. And so I'm, I'm sure you're just rolling your eyes right now. But it's not brainwashing. It's just practicing ideas. When you hear stuff over and over again, even if at first you don't believe it, it's going to start to sound more and more reasonable because you know, you're within the context of that world. Those ideas are going to start making more sense because they're repeated and supported. You know, I don't know. I think it's good to explore different sources of news and different perspectives just to try to get a more balanced idea of what's real. Because most likely both sides are some versions of the truth mixed in and spun around to fit a specific narrative. Another current event that is awesome is that Bitcoin is blowing the fuck up. Now y'all know that I am an avid supporter of Bitcoin. I've been very vocal about that. And I'm a holder of Bitcoin. That's where I've been kind of investing in the last year or so, two years maybe. And I'm a big fan. So I, I'm, I want Bitcoin to succeed. And when it does start to succeed, it's, it makes me happy. Another place I have been investing is in Tesla. The Tesla stock was a lot lower when I started. And I've, been, I've made a substantial amount of money uh, just in a short amount of time. And... I love Elon Musk. I'll say it. That guy, he could do anything. He's really impressive. He uh, seems like a genius. And he's just, he's one of those people who actually puts his money where his mouth is. He's not just talking. He's actually doing. And that's pretty badass. So, I mean, you can love him. You can hate him. It doesn't really matter to me. I I think he's pretty cool. And I I think people like him are important just to drive progress. Even even if he did turn out to be bad, like let's say he ends up as as a who knows he's a, ends up as a warlord on Mars and he's raising colonies of humans in jars, super soldiers. Who knows? You know that's really not the craziest thing. He could do it. If anybody could do it, he could pull it off. If let's say he turned evil and did something like that, well, I mean, it's still going to drive change. You know, we need we need these kind of forces to have something to battle against. Then, you know, heroes would emerge to fight him. But so far, he's just done really cool things, like give us awesome cars and solar panels that look like roofing shingles and battery packs that you can put in your garage that'll power your whole house. Like, that stuff is good. That's all good stuff. I like this guy. So a couple weeks ago, Bitcoin was trading around $31,000, $32,000 a coin, which sounds crazy, right? If you're, I mean, you're thinking about a coin, one little coin, it's not it doesn't seem like it should be worth that much money but these are digital currency they're like gold because there's only a set amount so the value 
is based on scarcity. And these things are very scarce and becoming more so all the time because people like Elon Musk are starting to buy them. So the, uh, two weeks ago, Elon on a Friday, Elon Musk tweeted at like midnight that Bitcoin was inevitable. Actually, he didn't even say the word Bitcoin. He just said, you know, in the end, it was inevitable or something along those lines. And the, you know, the price of Bitcoin immediately shot up by like 20% or something, something crazy. And I realized, I knew this because I had been waiting to buy uh, and I was just hoping that that low price would hold so that until I got my check and I, it didn't. So it ended up shooting up to above 40,000 a coin, like four hours before I got paid and I wasn't able to, you know, get in and ride that up. That's okay though. So Elon Musk tweeted, it's inevitable. He also put in his Twitter bio uh, just the word Bitcoin. And people saw that. And the amount of power he has just to say a word and then people will go crazy for it is, is insane to me. But and, and it is a little bit dangerous and scary, but I don't care. He earned it. <clears throat> so the price went way up and it became kind of hard to buy all for me again because I don't like to buy stuff when it's at its record high price it makes no sense so I'm waiting again for it to drop before I take another bite but yeah I'm, I'm doing well in my Bitcoin I'm, I'm excited about it it was a good choice I'm glad that I bought it and I plan to buy more anyway the other thing that I have been really excited about as an investment is Tesla another Elon Musk thing Tesla has been really good to me it has produced some pretty significant yields on my investments, and I like that. So I'm a Tesla fan. I'm a, a Tesla bull, too. I want that thing to just keep on climbing. And I really think it can because of all the potential they have in all the different markets. They're making roofing shingles, and they're making electric cars, and they're making batteries, and they're making all kinds of things. And really, they could do whatever they want. They've got so much market cap, and they really don't even make I mean, compared to legacy automakers, they don't even make that many cars. <clears throat> they will, at some point, make a lot more. So I think the stock is going to keep going up, and I'm going to keep on buying. There are some people who disagree. They think the stock is going to crash. They think that, are, that Tesla has become a bubble, like the housing market in 2008, and that the actual value of the company does not is not reflected in the stock price, and that the stock is expensive because it's based on hype and people's enthusiasm and Elon Musk tweeting. Those people are, are called the bears. So the bears are holders of stock that would like to see it drop because right as it drops, they sell their shares, wait for it to go down, and then they buy them back when the price has dropped much lower, they make a profit. That's a short. We talked about that in the last episode, referring to the GameStop debacle so there are these guys who want to short tesla it's a big group of people like analysts and you know people involved in the financial industry who do it for a living and they're all convinced i don't know if they're actually convinced they well we'll get into that anyway they they have a vested interest in shorting the stock to make profit so yesterday I'm just perusing the internet and I come across an article and it's at a respected, you know, periodical. I'm not sure actually if it's a magazine or if it's just a web web magazine, but it's called TechCrunch. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know if it's online only or if it's an actual imprint, but I don't even think that matters anymore. The fact is it's a it's a something I read all the time. It's, it's about Bitcoin and cryptos and technology stuff. So it's, it's, a, it's a magazine. And so I read the article title was Tesla's Bitcoin investment could be bad for the company's climate reputation and its bottom line. Hmm. I was curious. So the other day, Elon Musk and Tesla decided to purchase 1.5 billion. Yeah, billion with a B. $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. That's a big deal. $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. So that would make them the largest institutional Bitcoin holder, if I'm not mistaken. 
And the reason that's significant is because they're uh, like a hot company. People are looking at them and seeing what they do. And when they go allocating such a substantial portion of their portfolio to this controversial asset, which some, you know, really respectable asset managers don't even consider an asset class, um, it's a big deal. So it just it represents a major shift in perspective and its adoption of this technology on a you know mass scale. So it's gonna it's it's starting this wave of other people who are gonna do the exact same thing. And that's gonna come as you know in the form of other big companies. It's gonna come in the form of other you know other rich individuals and other you know everybody from the richest to the to the actually kind of middle class probably not the poor let's be honest they don't invest a whole lot anybody who invests is going to start looking at this as a viable option so i find this article tesla's bitcoin investment could be bad for the company's climate reputation and its bottom line i immediately was like oh that's uh i don't believe that already but let's see so I read the article. I read the whole thing. And I saw that this author used a lot of unnamed sources. And it said things like, you know, oh, the, our, our sources couldn't be named because they're not allowed to talk to the press. Or they were worried about their reputation. or It just gave bullshitty reasons to why you can't name your sources. And I personally think, as a reader, if you can't tell me where you got this information, uh, what good is it to me? I don't give a shit what your neighbor thinks about Bitcoin unless your neighbor happens to be, you know, Bill Montgomery of whatchamacallit financial because that's, a, you know, a qualified person. I don't – I can't just buy what you're saying because you say it, you know, just because you're a professional journalist. I need more than that. So I don't know. I have higher standards. And so there – so yeah, I saw this stuff and I was like, oh, come on. To me, I read the whole article. They were making the claim that Bitcoin is hard on the environment, which is not true. That's, some, that's a very common misconception because people think that, oh, well, it uses electricity you know, to run the computers, to process the transactions, to create the value, to make the Bitcoin. And that is true. Uh, it does consume energy. But because we know that, they do it in places that have the cheapest energy co costs. It wouldn't make any financial – because if you don't, it's not even – profit is not even going to happen. So it's not a financially viable option to go burn coal you know, to create Bitcoin. It doesn't – and if that is happening – because the article mentioned that. They said that it's there's a lot of real dirty operations where they're like burning coal – to power these plants to make Bitcoin or something like that. So I, like I've said many times, I don't know everything about Bitcoin. I don't know a lot about Bitcoin or what's going on in the world or, you know, where all these nodes are or where it's coming from even. It's, it's a distributed network. That's the whole point. But what I do know is that because somebody could be doing it a shitty way and causing problems doesn't mean that that's the way it has to be done. And it doesn't mean that that's the way that most people are doing it. So that's kind of an, an irrelevant point. Yeah, so anyway, I didn't like the article. I thought it was very poorly done. It didn't have good sources. It didn't make good claims. The conclusions that it drew did not follow from the premises that it stated. It was just shitty work. However, it was written by a person, a human being with feelings, and he probably was trying his best. I realized that shortly after when I tweeted. Here's the tweet. Looks like someone is trying to short their Tesla stock. These unnamed sources are full of shit and probably made up. This is an example of terrible journalism. Shame on you. And then I tagged the author. So I've done this kind of thing before. Not really that mean. It felt It didn't feel good when I was writing it. And I was mad, honestly. I was a little bit, not mad, but I was irritated because to me it seemed very transparent that this person was trying to use their influence to change Tesla's reputation, to make the stock do worse because 
it didn't, those claims didn't follow from, you know, didn't follow from what was going on. It didn't make sense logically. It just really seemed like they were trying to use their influence to manipulate people into believing something that was untrue. Because they never really talked in the whole article about why that why the reputation would suffer or how it would hurt the bottom line. It just, I don't know. I think I'm trying to rationalize it because what I did made me feel gross. I didn't, I didn't like it. I've, I've been trying really hard to get some traction on social media. Not even a lot. I just want people to hear my podcast. I want to get people, I want to be, I want to expose more people to my show so that there's a better chance that they'll get hooked. It's just like selling crack. I just need more people to try crack. I mean, my show. And then I'll sell more. I'm, I'll, I mean, I'm giving this shit away for free. It's not. I shouldn't have to work very hard, but I figure the maybe out of a hundred people who hear my show, maybe one or two will like it. So that's one or two listeners. That means I got to show it or play it to thousands and thousands of people to just get a handful of viewer or a handful of listeners that would make up my audience. You know, so I just need I need to get exposed. Anyway, I read that article. Like right after it was posted, I was like immediately. I watched it pop up and I read it straight through. And let me tell you, my reading level is like top notch. My wife is a teacher and she's got me like, I mean, I'm just flying through these words and comprehension and everything. It's it's really great. And so I was quick. I was done right away. I had I had a hot take and I went to the you know, I went to the keyboard with it and I posted that shit right away before I had time to really think about it or cool off or anything. And yeah, I set it down. I was like, you know, I, I just, I don't really feel good about that. Um, I know he's probably, he's probably not going to see it, but what if he did? If like, I pictured myself writing an article, even if it was, even if it was shitty and I was like, and I'm a Tesla holder and I'm trying to short the stock and whatever, whatever claims I made. Uh, I don't, I don't think it would feel good to have some jackass with a podcast just jump down my throat for for trying to write an article i just it i wouldn't want that to happen to me so i was like i'm gonna delete it uh, and i got back on twitter picked up my phone it had been like maybe five minutes and i see that the uh this guy has actually not only did he see the tweet but he replied to the tweet which has never happened to me before i have one follower on twitter shout out hannah clarity um and my one follower actually liked this tweet, the, the mean one that I sent. So I, I messaged her. I was like, Hannah, that guy wrote me back to my tweet. And it got me talking with her, which was awesome too, because I love that chick. She's really cool. I haven't talked to her for quite a while. And um, yeah, that was a little bonus. See, this show just is connecting me with people who I might not have connected with. Anyway, that's a digression. Back to the story. The guy was like, hey, these are both very serious allegations to make against a professional reporter. And if either of them were true, I would lose my job. Basically, he was right. And I was being a dick. And I felt it, you know, that feeling where it's just like, oh, shit. Uh, he's right. So in that moment, you have two choices. Either you can double down and say, no, fuck you, you blah, 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 and all that, which you all know how to do it because it's natural and it's your instinct. Or you can eat some shit and say, hey, look, I'm sorry. I was wrong and I am sorry, uh, which is what I did. So I tweeted him back and said, hey, look, man, I probably shouldn't have said that. Sorry about that. Um, it just seemed, uh, I said, I probably shouldn't have said that. Sorry. My apologies, man. But it did seem a little fishy to me. And yeah, I don't, I think that was it. And he liked that tweet. And I deleted the tweet, the first one that made me feel like a dick. So what would happen if I had not deleted that tweet? Most likely it would have got some attention. It was one of the first tweets to comment on this article, which is 
coming from a publication that reaches a lot of people, probably millions. And the author actually wrote me back and responded to what I said. And it was pretty controversial. It was like it was going to get some buzz, I could tell. And But I that's not what I want. I want people to find my show and to have that spread. I do not want to get famous for trolling people on the internet, even internet famous uh, in any way. I don't want any attention for being an asshole. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm trying to be. I've been down that road before, and it doesn't end well. I don't, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't want to make people's lives harder in any way, even people who I don't like. I got no energy to spare on things like that. And I really realized that quickly because I'm sitting here like after this little thing occurred, which it kind of gave me a little dopamine hit, if I'm being honest. I really, I liked it, the, especially when he liked my apology tweet. And I'm like, all right, well, now we're friends. And now I'm friends with this guy. And I'm doing this through the podcast Twitter. So it's, it's like uh, made me feel legitimate. Made it feel like this is a real thing. People in the real world are noticing me. But yeah, I have been really trying to get into the social media aspect of promotion and marketing. And I just don't like it. I don't enjoy doing it. It's hard for me. It feels sleazy and weird. <clears throat> Not as much as it did when, it, when I didn't have a podcast. To be honest, I don't know how people can do that. I... I it feels so strange to me to try to promote myself like I'm some kind of a product. It's weird. My point is this. I don't want to sell my soul for likes. You know, I don't want to give up the parts of me that make me unique to get more views. I don't, I don't give a shit about it enough. I'm not going to sacrifice the things that actually bring me joy about this process, which is like making friends and connecting with people and being a kind person and just... If I'm getting attention at all, I want it to be for positive things. And I, if there's people watching me, I want them to see the version of me that I like. You know, I don't want to be that guy. And I'm not, I'm not making mountains out of molehills. I know it was just one tweet. I know it was just one thing. And some people do that 20 times a day. And it's not a big deal. It doesn't cause any problems. It's fine. But that's not going to be me. I just don't. I'm just not going to. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to have to try to find another way. Hopefully you guys can help me. You already have. I I have been receiving some love on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter that I would not have anticipated. Shout out Kelly <clears throat> because I really didn't expect you to even listen to my show, let alone enjoy it, let alone share that you enjoyed it. So I had a teacher in high school and she didn't like me. I, I liked her okay, to be honest with you. I didn't have a problem with her until, you know, things kind of came to a head at one point. We had a disagreement about a grade, and I think I called her a bitch. And that was definitely a mistake uh, because she didn't forget it. Anyway, um, yeah, she didn't like me because I was a jackass, and I was. So there, she had every right to dislike me. Really, anybody anybody does. I'm trying a lot harder not to be a jackass now, but I definitely wasn't trying then. And so for whatever reason, we didn't get along well. And yeah, it, basically, I grew up and started dating one of her coworkers, a teacher as well. And she, Kelly was vocal about the fact that I am not a good choice and that she should probably pick somebody better and all this stuff, which is not is not exactly what I wanted to hear, but honestly, it didn't surprise me, and I found it kind of funny uh, because you know I was already hitting it, so I, I wasn't too worried. <laughs> oh God, I shouldn't have said that. Um, okay, so so years passed, and I just you know got used to seeing Kelly around, and I think we kind of were able to make small talk and stuff. I never really disliked her. Because I just didn't really have a reason to. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I just didn't really have a reason to dislike her. I don't know. Sorry, Kelly. I never hated you. Um, but I did kind of have fun playing with you and playing with the idea that you didn't like me. Um, <laughs> as weird as that is. 
it was almost kind of fun to me to have somebody who openly talked about how they didn't like me. But yeah, long story short, the other day I was on Facebook, I think, or Instagram. I don't remember. And I find a post that I'm tagged in from Kelly who has said, like, look, this guy's doing a podcast and it's good. And I was kind of floored by it. I couldn't believe that she was giving me a shout out. And to me, it was an endorsement that my shit is good because she had no reason to lie. She had no reason to blow smoke up my ass. She doesn't like me. Or maybe she does now. I don't know. She might still not like me. I don't know. Um, doesn't really matter because I like her. She, she does nice things for me, like shout me out on, on social media. Um, anyway, that was a little bit of a sidetrack. But I just wanted to say thanks, Kelly. Um, I'm glad that you came around eventually. Valentine's Day is coming up. It's next week. Did you get your significant other anything yet? I know I did. I really like Valentine's Day. I know that's weird for a guy to say because a lot of guys complain about it, but I think it's cool. It's it's one of the rare occasions where you get to just, you know, show someone you love them and they tell you exactly what to buy ahead of time. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about being wrong. You get the flowers, you get the candy, you get the jewelry every couple years. Not every year, but every couple years, something sparkling. And, you know, you're golden. Nothing worse than not knowing what the expectations are. Nothing worse than, like, you got the presents, you know, but she's still upset and you're not sure why. You know, that's a bad, bad feeling. Valentine's Day is none of that. Usually, I would say almost exclusively, I'm the one getting screwed. So, and I don't mean that in a good way. But also in the good way. Valentine's Day is good for that, too. But... You know what I mean? Most of the time, it's it's not for the men. Valentine's Day is not for the men. It's for the ladies. So it's there's just not a lot of pressure on the women to get the guys' stuff. Why would there be? I, I really don't think that we need it. So uh, what, what I always have a problem with on Valentine's Day is, like, how to avoid being cliche but still meet the requirements of the day. Like, I want to get the candy and chocolates, but I don't want my wife to be like, oh... Candy and chocolates, how original, you know? So I would like, I like to do something extra special. I get the candy, I get the chocolates, even though my wife doesn't like chocolates, so I don't get her chocolates. But I, I, I get her, you know, the flowers, and I eat the candy before I give it to her so she doesn't have to look at that shit. And, yeah, and then I like to get her also something special, like a new perfume or a candle or, like, the head of her enemy on a pike. Um, something that she's going to remember, something that she'll like, a locket, you know, with a picture of my dick in it. Who knows? I don't know. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a cool day, and I, I, I get excited about getting to show my love. It's fun. So we have a lot of great guests coming up. I was just talking about how I have been editing Hannah Bolden's interview, which is a fucking killer. I loved it. It turned out great. I can't wait to release it because it's really, really genuinely funny. I had a great time making it. I hope you have a great time listening to it. Just this past weekend, I enjoyed recording an interview with none other than the great Jacob Jedediah Nesbitt, my younger brother. It was really fun. I knew it was going to be great before we ever did it, and it really didn't disappoint. I, at times, I forgot we were even recording. It was just easy and natural and smooth. It was smooth, and we were able to kind of navigate between comedy and deeper stuff, and we touched on a lot of stuff. It's hard to, to really know what to talk about on here because, like, it's not hard to know what to talk about, but it's hard to know how deep to go. I don't want to make people super uncomfortable. A little bit uncomfortable is perfect because that'll keep you interested. But if you go too deep, it gets boring and it gets, eh, who, who, who wants to do that? But when I was talking with Jake, it was really easy to just find a groove where we just kind of cruised along and we would hit topics and just go right the, the perfect depth. It was fun and it was informative and I felt like I learned some stuff about my brother that I didn't even know before. I know you guys are going to learn stuff. It was really great and I look forward to processing that one. I haven't even really listened. I haven't even listened to it at all actually since we recorded it. I'm just basing that all off of my memories. But yeah, 
it's going to be a really great episode, and I, I hope it turns out as good as I think it will. I had my dad scheduled to come in to do an interview today, actually, but he had to cancel. He was going grocery shopping in the morning, and then he thought he was probably going to be a little tired after, which is legit, you know? We all can understand that. <clears throat> yeah, tired. Um, it's grocerying, groceryying is, is very uh, tiring. So it's okay, Dad. Um, and it's, it's, if you ever, I mean, if you ever want to come see my studio and, I mean, I don't know. If you're, you're probably busy. Don't worry about it. If you ever want to come see my studio and like see what I'm doing here, um, I'd love to, to show you around. Um, but, you know, I know how tiring grocery shopping could be. Don't feel bad or anything. You didn't hurt my feelings. I'm just kidding. I'm fine. But, yep, my dad canceled. He bailed like a little bail and... And what are we going to do about that? Nothing. Okay. So, who's next, you ask? Who's the next on the docket? JJ. Looking at the count. Yes. Tomorrow, I have none other than the great and powerful JJ Veal. Fisherman extraordinaire. I can't wait for that one either. I, I know JJ, but I don't know him well. Because we've never had a chance to sit down and talk for two hours. So this is going to be great. Um, I will, I'm excited to know about... I don't know much about his past or anything. So it's, it's going to be a really good time. All I know is that he's a, a really cool guy. He's funny and he's passionate about his, his work, which is fishing. And that's, that's all I need to know. I can make an interview out of that, no problem. But <clears throat> yeah, and, and then coming up in the future, we've got even more. Um, we have several people who have confirmed and not scheduled yet, but... I kind of think I'm going to keep those secret. Yeah, I think I've told you guys enough, but there are a few very prominent members of the community who have agreed to come on soon, and that's going to really be fun. I'm actually nervous about those ones um, because they're, they're going to kind of, well, let's be honest, they're going to be slumming it out here with me in the crab shed. I'm not a fancy guy, and these are fancy people, so we'll see how it goes, but I'm really excited about it. And because mostly because I admire these people, I th what this show is about is exploring people and how they live their lives in interesting ways, right? That's what we're doing here. Espe I mean, not so much on these solo podcasts. These are really kind of for me. They're for you too because I just I want to talk to you guys, and this is kind of a collaborative process. And this is part of it where you're hearing my thoughts in real time, so you have the ability to make input. I have, I've so far, I've received zero suggestions in the suggestion box, so we can't even do that segment. Come on, guys, get it together. Throw me a suggestion. Insult me. Say something funny. I don't care. I'll read it. I want to hear it. It's, it's this, I want to get the audience involved, you know? I don't want this to just be me talking at you. What do I know? But yeah, so I've, I'm trying to pick guests that, that have gone out there and done something their own way. They haven't been swayed by society telling them that they can't do it. And they haven't been discouraged by failures. And they haven't been misled by people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. People who just go out there and do it. That's who I want to talk to. No matter what kind of field they're in. Those are the people who know what they're talking about. Because they're out there living it. So we have a few of those coming up. And I'm excited about it. One of the guests that we have who has agreed to come on but is not sure when because he's a little nervous and I think you guys are going to love him because he's very well-liked in the community and he's just a charismatic guy. Yeah, I, I will, I'm going to save that actually. I was going to talk about him, but um, I think I'll save that for a little later when he's closer to coming on. But if you're listening to this, bud... The, after talking to you on the phone yesterday, I could tell you're practicing a little bit. I like to hear that. 
And yes, I think it's going to be a really smooth interview. I, I have a few notes just from our conversation on the phone. You know, first of all, just relax. It's going to be fine. Nobody's really judging you too harshly. It's a podcast. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, number two, I would say use the N-word less. Um, maybe even not at all. Uh, maybe not at all. Um, let's see. That's about it. Just relax. Have fun, you know? Anyway, that's where I'm at in my life right now. Uh, I would love to know where you're at. Hit me up on Twitter at Ramble River Pod. Hit me up on Instagram at Ramble by the River or Facebook or, you know, whatever. Yell at me in the streets. I will respond. I'm having a great time doing this. I hope you guys are enjoying it too. And I'm looking forward to releasing our next episode, which will be on Saturday. This coming Saturday, February, February 13th, where we will be releasing episode number nine, interview with Hannah Bolden. Thank you all for being here. Have a great week. Treat your families well. I love you. Bye. It's my time to run.